Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 200 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was the Bouncing Souls with Blackout. And that's going to be the most upbeat thing you hear on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. But I wanted to fit it in here at the beginning. I like to send that song out to my dear friend, Scotto, who unfortunately passed away recently. I feel like I could go on for a while about that, but I just want to remind you all to be kind to your friends. Reach out to them. No matter what, keep in contact with the people you care about. It's real easy to drift apart as we get older, but a phone call and a message here and there really does go a long way. The holidays are a weird time, and we're about to get balls deep in them. So do yourself and the people you love a favor, and just say hi. It can be as simple as that. Okay, so what's happening on episode 200 of Getting It Out Podcast? Well, I suspect you already know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We're going back to the first official interview on Getting It Out Podcast history. Now, I did do conversations with Mike on Ice and Dave Homeowner, and we had a good time. But my first interview that was really set up was with Ben Hutcherson of Chemist, and it was to talk about their album Desolation, which came out in 2018. Well, a few years have passed. And they just dropped the follow-up to that record, Deceiver, on November 19th. So Phil Pendergast, the guitarist and vocalist of Chemist, joined me for another interview to talk about the band, facial hair, artwork, and a whole lot more. So let's get into it. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! Okay, so now we're here. The interior of episode 200. The stuff before, that's the exterior. That's that's the intro, right? And then you listen to that music and now you're in, you're in the guts of it, okay? So while you're here in the guts, I want to tell you about what's going to change now with getting it out as of episode 201. Here's the big change. I'm doing it whenever I want. I'm not sticking to a schedule anymore. I did that for almost four years now. Okay, I've released them on, you know, I I moved the day a couple times. First it was Wednesdays, then it was Fridays, then it was Mondays. I tried to do it whichever day worked best, and I tried three different days. I'm not going to try out Tuesday and Thursday. I've decided it doesn't matter. Nobody's asking for it. (laughs) I don't mean nobody's asking for it, but nobody notices. I don't think anybody's going to notice if I don't release an episode. If I go a week without releasing an episode, then I go a week without releasing an episode. Everybody else does it. Why can't I? There's this lie uh, that we're all led to believe in the podcasting community that what is most important is consistency. I can tell you that 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 doesn't matter. As somebody who listens to podcasts, I don't give a shit the day they come out. I don't listen to every episode of the podcast that I listen to. I listen to the episodes that I want to. I don't look at their release schedule. It doesn't matter, right? And uh, I can't be the only one who does things that way. So I'm going to do things that way, my way, uh, when I want to do them, as they come in. And uh, that's it. I'm also going to kind of uh, do a little more quality control. Um, that probably doesn't mean anything to you from your vantage point, the way you'll get the podcast, what you'll see, what you'll hear. But it means uh, something different about the way I'm going to do it. Uh, so you didn't even need to know that. All right. I'm just filling you in. Um, also, gettingitout.net is supposed to launch this week. 
I've said that a lot of times over the last two years. So we'll see if that actually happens. But maybe it will. Who knows? Um, it'll be exciting if it does. And uh, hopefully if that is out there, that will provide a different uh, level of, I don't know, presence for getting it out. And uh, we can do a lot of things with that as well. But anyway, so that's what's that's what's going to be the deal with Getting It Out podcast going forward. Will there be an episode next week? Yeah, probably. Uh, will there be an ex- episode later this week? There might be. I just might do that because why wouldn't I? Why I can, right? I can do whatever I want. It's just a fucking podcast. There aren't any rules. There's no podcast in handbook. And if there is, who wrote it? I don't know. Okay, but that's enough. That's enough about getting it out. What's more interesting and way better than this podcast is the band Chemist. So why don't I play you a song from Chemist off of their new album, Deceiver, which came out November 19th on Nuclear Blast Records. This song is called House of Cadmus, and then I'm going to go straight into my conversation with Phil Pendergast.
I guess this is a big day for you guys, right? Yeah, I know. It's release day. It's always like a, a real good feeling, you know? It's just like something that's been gestating for so long. You know, literally like nine months, basically, in this case. Yeah. Uh, so it's very much like a baby, you know? Uh, <laughs> we've, you know, like they've had the Masters since like the end of February or something. And really, it's just coming out now because pressing plants are so backed up on everything. And um, so it's it's really good to finally have it see in the light of day, get it in people's ears. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced it, what we all have with the pressing plant delays. And I was a little surprised at the release date. Typically, you know, towards the end of the year, beginning of the year, people don't put out as many records, at least with the yeah. higher profile bands. And I consider you guys to be that, but not just you. Today's a big release day for a shitload of metal I bands. I mean, Converge, Exodus, Swallow the Sun, Obscura. There's a lot of them, you know. And yeah, uh, were you any concerns about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 uh, probably one of the biggest release days of the year. Uh, I'd say so, yeah. And I mean, and then on top of that, you've got a new Adele album out today, which is just going to like absolutely decimate anyone's chances of selling too many copies of something. But um <laughs> You know, I it's cool to be releasing something the same day as those guys. It makes us feel like we're kind of like have reached the big leagues, you know, and <laughs> that uh, we aren't kind of afraid to put something out right up next to new Exodus album or a Converge album and just like have confidence that people will pick it up that want to get it. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like everything about this album has been about us trying to like embrace um more confidence in what we do because like we just have learned to appreciate that we're a unique band our fans are really devoted um we invest a lot into this stuff and like we're just happy with whatever comes from it and so it's a little bit freeing in a mm -hmm. way to just like you know, we, we know that we're not like the kind of band that's ever going to be like huge and sell like a bunch of albums because it's just like too weird. <laughs> um, and so, you know, to some degree, it's like, yeah, who cares? Let's put it up against these other albums and just see what happens. And, um, you know, I've been listening to the new Converge album this morning. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's pretty great so far. I haven't made it all the way through it yet, but um and the, I don't know, the new Exodus was sounding great too. So yeah, stoked. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great way to look at it too. And I was going to ask you about your confidence, you personally, your confidence, because you, I mean, just doing what you do in the band alone takes a lot of confidence to get up there and play like that, to, to sing the way you do. But then I was watching the Living Pyre video this morning and I was like, and to do all that with that mustache is like a whole... <laughs> That's a whole nother level. I, I see you're not rocking it anymore. Was that where, where's it at? What happened? It's still there. I mean, it's yeah, not but it's not it? solo. It's not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I this is like stupid information, but <laughs> like I basically have had like that has been my primary look in my adult life. Yeah, is like that ever since I was like maybe 19 or so, I've like been a mustache guy. And uh, my dad is a mustache move. guy. He's always had one my whole life. Um, I remember there was like one time when my dad shaved his mustache and it just like freaked me out because <laughs> it just like didn't recognize him anymore, you know? And I was yeah. like a pretty little kid and I was like, 
what is this, you know? But um, yeah, so I was just kind of embracing that for a little bit too with the long hair thing. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool King Diamond, you know, like early it's, King it's Diamond look. It's a solid look, look. yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just going for it. And right now, honestly, this is mostly just because like it's cold outside here and yeah. it makes more sense to have the full face covered. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I get it. I, I was supposed to go back to like in in office the beginning of the month of November. So I've been home since like March, 2020. And oh, shit. I thought, well, I haven't seen my my face without a beard in years, a decade, you know, a decade at least, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to fucking shave it. So I shaved it and it looks terrible. Right. But I have I even have like a scar that I, like I knew it was there, but I forgot how big it was. But my wife had never even seen my face bare. My oh, daughter shit. who's eight year old had never seen it. Like nobody had seen what I look like without a beard. And I keep Crazy. it pretty, pretty low. But yeah. uh, but it was weird. It was a, it felt off. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember like I did that for the first time. I you know my wife had also never seen me completely clean shaven until yeah. um like after we'd gotten married and it just being like a like oh my god you look so much younger than <laughs> you actually are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Um, but this uh, deceiver, I guess we should mention that's the album that just came out today. Yeah. This is your first release in, well, full album in, was it three years? Yeah, about three years, yeah. And around that time, I I, mean, I think it maybe might have been release week two. I had Ben on, and we talked about Desolation, of course. And oh. that was like the 20th episode I ever did. This one is going to be 200, and it kind nice. of, so it kind of works out really well for me. Well, um, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But, uh, but a lot of stuff has, well... I mean, the world has changed a shitload since then, but on a basic level, what has changed with chemists since then? Um, really quite a lot. I mean, without going too far into the weeds, like I think after desolation and like the touring cycle for that album was done, uh, we all felt like a little bit, disillusioned in terms of like our connection to what we're creating mm -hmm. for some reason like um i don't know there's something that comes with the awareness of the fact that like something that you've put a lot of your heart into and that you didn't do for any monetary purpose has suddenly become something that like people uh ascribe some value to yeah and that that wasn't really apparent to us until after that record had come out, you know, that like, really, this is like a, a physical product that, you know, to some degree, like we want to sell a lot of. And, um, I think that at least for me, realizing sort of that that was my relationship to our art was also impacting like our relationships in the band that we were sort of operating in a way that felt a little too disconnected from where we started from mm -hmm. as just like a series, like a set of friends that are working together on something started to feel like a little bit too much like a business or something. Um, and I don't know, I was just really disheartened with that. And, uh, then, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, it created all this space for us to sort of reevaluate that relationship because, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're not able to get together. Uh, you know, 
were working on trying to write a new record and having to find new ways to do that remotely. Um, it's really hard to connect on a personal level at all when we're not seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, it just kind of was a reckoning for us a little bit, uh, not just as a band, but also like in our personal lives, you know, we have to kind of reconsider like how important is the band? You know, this is something that takes a huge amount of time and we have to make pretty big sacrifices in our personal lives to make it happen. Is it worth those sacrifices? Um, right. and so really it was just kind of a lot of that and just, you know, the year that I think we all had in 2020 was, uh, you know, hard and that for us in the band who are all really sensitive people generally and very like empathetic, uh, and you know, we all suffer from depression to some degree, like it, it was just a really, really difficult time for us both personally and in terms of our relationships together. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we ended up losing, you know, one of the members of the band, Dan, right. uh, who, you know, started the band with Ben before I was ever on board with it. And, uh, so it really just, you know, kind of meant a new, a new start for us and that we kind of had to recommit to it. And each of us had to make that choice, you know, and, uh, that I think that that process ends up being really related to the, the record because, it, the record is really about like, you know, taking a really honest look at things in, in yourself and trying to make peace with what you find there, even if it's not good. Um, and so it created a unique sort of environment and context in which like we couldn't have written anything but this record mm -hmm. and this record wouldn't have been written if that stuff hadn't happened. So, you know, I, like any of our albums, I think it reflects pretty honestly that moment in time where we were creating it. But I think probably more than any other one, it's like very much feels like a reflection of that time and that being a really dark time in all of our lives. And one that, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to say that we created something that ends up having some positive uh, impact from experiencing that time. So would you consider the creation of it all to be very cathartic and therapeutic or, or is there just was, a lot of pressure to it? It was just, uh, the nice thing was that it didn't feel like there was any pressure because, you know, like we've just as easily could have walked from the band and just like right. not done anything. And, um, you know, so didn't feel like we really had to contend with anybody's expectations except for our own after kind of making this choice. It was like, we've decided we're going to make this record because we want to, the three of us are going to stick it out. Um, we just need to do this. And, uh, I think more than anything, the process of making the album rather than being cathartic was just difficult, um, and really kind of painful. Uh, but then the process of like recording the album and finishing it was really therapeutic to finally like commit to like, you know, these are the words and they feel like almost too honest, um, that we're setting down for this album. Uh, you know, that takes some courage, I think to do always, but it felt especially difficult this time, but there was something about sort of letting it go and being like, okay, it's done. You know, this is what it is. That was incredibly cathartic. It was like taking 
this huge, like heavy bag that you've been like dragging around your whole life and just like taking it off and like passing it on to somebody else, you know? Uh, and I don't think that it's like by any means sort of like healed all those things. And like, I know for myself, like recently I've been really struggling with feeling depressed a lot again too. And it doesn't ever get any better with that kind of stuff. Cause it's something that you're just contend with all the time. But that in that moment, I felt really freed from some of it. And that, that was, that's enough, you know, like that was yeah. a good enough, uh, thing to do. And I hope that it ends up having that effect on anybody that hears it to some degree or another. I, th- I think it will. Um, I th- think it already has for me, your records have, come at really, I don't know how to say it correctly. The, the, I first heard Absolution before it was released. I got a promo for it, you know, how they uh-huh. come through. And I remember telling, I was living in Baltimore and I was telling people about it and I was sending them the, uh, I, all I could find was like a YouTube of your demo or something. I forget what it was, but that's what I was yeah. sharing because I couldn't share the promo, right? And I just got really into your band. I love that record. That was while some shit was happening for me there. Then Haunted comes out at another period where I decide I need to, I remember telling Ben, uh, I used to, I ran to it a lot, which uh-huh. he found, he found strange because of the pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you should be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <just> barely but, running. <laughs> but I ran to it a lot and that was a really difficult period of my life. And I overcame a lot and like particularly the song above the water. I just remember running and mm-hmm. that song always just like, you know, made me feel a certain way. So, and then there's desolation that I tied as things like doing this so personally, I put a lot, I realize I put a, I have huge expectations of you guys. I love your band. I love what you do. It's come, this, this album drops at a time, a real difficult time for my best friend's funerals tomorrow. Oh, so man. like there, there's just things that I tie with this band and I think it, the, the music is, it fits. And, but you do it in a way that's, um, how do I say it correctly? It's, it's it sounds like desolate, like it doesn't sound, but it's, but it's hopeful too. And a lot of that has to do with your voice. A lot of it has to do with just the way you guys present it. But what, so that's why I ask about the pressure and you know the external pressure, if that's there for people like me who expect big things out of you guys, but it's because we like it, you know, but I just didn't know how far that gets in into chemists, into a band with outsiders expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think we felt it. Well, first off, I'm so sorry to hear about your your best friend, man. That's okay. Um, uh, you know, I I think that there's a lot of like processing of grief that, like, as a culture, we don't do a good job of doing, <laughs> and that I know, yeah. like, for myself, that I have a hard time with um, sort of like knowing what to do with my emotions. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. I don't know. I, I always am so thankful when there's like some kind of art or, you know, music that can help with that or where I feel like understood or like, um, you know, some affinity yeah. with the person recognizing those own, those same feelings. So I'm really glad that it's felt like in your life that we could do that for you. Um, that's kind of like all that we can strive for, I think doing this, but, um, you know, I think, uh, with desolation, we were more aware of that pressure and those expectations because hunted had gotten like so much good press, um, that we felt like, 
you know, like very aware of like, this has to be like just as good, but we were also really committed to it being very different. Right. And that that was, I think a way of us contending with those expectations in a, in a way where we could kind of sidestep them, or at least that was what we were kind of feeling maybe mm-hmm. is like, if we make an album, that's like basically our version of a traditional metal album and don't try and have it be like in, directly in conflict with hunted that, um, that's both more artistically interesting for us and something that like, hopefully people will just recognize it's different and it doesn't have to be like, is it better than hunted? Um, but with this record, I think that we, because of that whole sort of soul searching process, I was describing, like we just had more confidence in, um, kind of accepting whatever the album was going to end up sounding like. And because of the situation in which we were making it, like we knew it was going to be like probably our darkest record yet. And that it felt like it would be dishonest to keep pushing more in that traditional metal direction to do that. Like who wants like power metal riffs? um, (laughs) If there's like, if the songs are all about depression, (laughs) Uh, Europe Um, would probably like it, but you know, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, like it, it felt way more honest uh, to sort of just like allow the, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today those feelings that were percolating to also kind of guide the construction of the music and Mm. that that meant like still evolving, I think in a way like where we've always had these black and death metal influences as a band, because that's like most of what we listen to in metal, but um, they've never been quite as explicit as they are on this new record. And so Mm. we were like, what if like, you know, rather than keeping going on this trajectory that probably people expect that we would do and try and go for like a more commercial sound, like that doesn't feel honest to us at all. What if we just make like the darkest album that we can and really like lay into those extreme metal influences more? And uh, so we thought that that was like kind of a cool choice. And we also wanted to kind of re-embrace that like spirit of doom more on this record too Mm -hmm. where i think on desolation we left a little bit more of that behind but you know hunted is a pretty like doom centric album and you know so i think in a lot of ways i I see this record as being similar to hunted but whereas hunted is sort of like built on this classic rock foundation 
uh, with like a doom rapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like the new album I think is built more on a focus on songwriting, uh, being the main driving factor and then using sort of like doom as the base. And then like all the, the seasonings being from black and death metal rather than traditional metal until you get to the last track. We wanted to still have something that would kind of call back to desolation a little bit. Yeah. And the last track is, you know, uh, kind of re-embracing that traditional metal influence that we all have from getting into metal in the first place and just trying to like outdo it, outdo what we did on desolation with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, I've listened to this record a lot ever, ever since it came into my inbox. I've been listening to a shitload and uh, right away it was kind of obvious that it was, I don't want to say aggressive, but kind of like has, you have your claws out on it. Like you're, yeah. you're not, you maybe not, you're maybe not going for the throat, but you're just showing that you can. And uh, one of the other things that I found interesting is the way that I've been listening through to it. It automatically starts it over again when I get to the end. Uh-huh. And sometimes I don't notice, but I mean that as a compliment, like yeah. it just kind of flows right back around. It's the, the album kind of comes full circle on itself. And uh, I, I can't imagine that you do that do that on purpose, you know, but it does, it, the sequencing of it is very cool. How much, how much attention is put into sequencing a record with chemists? We have always thought about it. We've always made sure before we go into the studio that we know what the first and last song mm -hmm. on the record are. Um, because we've always deliberately like written like the album opener and the album closer to be like those songs. Yeah. Um, so that's no different on this one. What's different though, is that, um, from the second we had all the songs written that we knew were going to be the ones that were on the album, we, uh, knew what the track order was. So like we had thought about like between songs, what happens, um, you know, like how does the whole thing feel as a cohesive piece? And we wanted the whole thing to flow in a way that kind of like opens pretty bombastically. Mm -hmm. And then takes you to like the darkest point immediately. And then you kind of just slowly like work your way back. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And so, uh, and the other thing that's interesting is that like musically, I think there's some symmetry between the first and the last song where they both open with like clean guitars and <clears throat> then kick into like pretty up tempo parts uh, afterwards. And the, uh, the end of the last song on the album, it ends on like one note below what would be like the actual musical resolution. Okay. Like for the, the you know, the part that's happening there. So it ends on this like unfinished sounding note, um, which kind of signifies, you know, like that the struggle with all these things you're contending with, like doesn't really ever end, but <laughs> it also, what happens is musically like, so that last song at the end is in F and then it ends on this uh, E, which is just like one note down. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the beginning of the first song is in D sharp or E flat. Um, so it just walks down three notes. If you were to start the album over again, it, you okay. know, it's here and then it ends on here and then it, one note down is where you would start the first track over again, which is like musically something that can work because it's just chromatic. Right, right. Um, so I'm actually, I haven't actually listened to it like on loop, but that was kind of intentional that like it could work oh, wow. that way. 
So I'm glad that it, it actually ends up coming across. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, re it really does. And like I said, I didn't even know, you know, because when you're not familiar with a record yet, it takes a few times to hear the chorus to realize, you know, you know where you're at on it. And yeah, yeah, yeah and it sure. took it took me a few times to be like, wait a minute, I just heard this song. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's got a cool effect to it. The uh, we talked a lot about, uh, well, a little bit about Hunted and the uh, critical acclaim and I'm probably fan acclaim it got as well. Number one on Decibel's album of the year list, which I think most of us around here kind of consider to be the list. At least yeah. I do. Um, yeah. And I just saw yesterday that you this one already got to number two. Yeah. On, and I, I mean, obviously, it's got a feel good to be there, right? I mean, that's the list you want to be on, correct? For sure. I mean, I think at least in the US, you know, like yeah, yeah. nobody is producing better coverage of metal than Decibel and nobody yeah, has yeah. their hearts in it as much as they do. Right. Um, and everybody that we know that works there is like, this is like a way of life for them. This is something they've been doing their whole life. And so to have what you're doing recognized by like that group of people, especially when it's like the way that they make those lists is by like aggregating everybody's mm -hmm. individual things. Um, it's really gratifying. Um, and you know, like you can't complain about being second to carcass. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can't complain, like it's kind of funny because for their albums of the decade issue, yeah, they read, they said that hunted was number two behind you know, the last carcass record. Um, so I think like developing a rivalry, just like, yeah. Uh, you know, right there, just snapping at their coattails or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm so appreciative of really any coverage that we get, but, um, especially that kind of recognition, it really means a lot. There's been a lot of good music that's come out this year and, um, you know, I think everybody has different tastes, but they always have a, do a good job of, even if I don't necessarily agree with the rankings of things like that for the most part, every album that ends up being on that list every year is like worthy of recognition. And yeah, there aren't too many that I would add to it, you know? So right, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's, a have tried to make my own lists in the past, but I end up with like 50 to a hundred records on the, like every year. It doesn't matter what, like I just, I, so I don't know how people could, but, but a lot of times well, I mean, chemists, rightly so, <laughs> is usually at the top if you guys put one out. And you've you're on quite a streak with these records. <laughs> like, like I don't think anybody has that I've seen express any disappointment about what you guys have done so far. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that do, but you know, whatever, fuck them. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know that I have a question here. But everything is everything with these records is. Artistically, it's cohesive, right? Is is Sam Turner the same guy who's done all yeah. the art for all of these? Yeah. Is that like a foregone conclusion every every time now, or is is this is this the guy? How does how does this artwork come up? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's part of like what we want to do with mm -hmm. the band is like we ever since we really started and knew that we were going to put something out, we were like. It would be really cool to do what not really any bands that we can think of right now are doing and what bands used to do, which we really liked, which is like kind of have a mascot yeah, uh, and have a cohesive art style and um, sort of lean into an art style that like 
each of us was exposed to as kids in our, like in our dad's record collections. Like we all sort of had the same experience of like sitting down with like a Molly Hatchet album and looking at that Frank Frazetta <laughs> art that was on the front and being like, God damn, that's fucking cool. <laughs> and like just staring at it forever and then putting on the record and being like, ah, this music is yeah, as cool as the art. <laughs> but, um, that's what know, I was like, going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like that experience of, um, connecting with the art in a way that's separate, but, um, also, uh, kind of helps like, further what the music is doing mm -hmm. kind of brings like a new element to it um you know zach had brought that up when we were sort of talking about what we wanted to do for the art for absolution at that record specifically uh with death dealer on the front and yeah. uh we were all like yeah that is an awesome <laughs> idea and so we had contacted sam who is just a local guy and a friend who uh is a great artist and can kind of do stuff in that style and we were like, you know, this is what we want. It would be really cool if this wizard that you drew for this T-shirt, because um, he drew a T-shirt of the wizard, like, pouring a Coors banquet into a <laughs> goblet for us. Like, it was, yeah. like, our first shirt. We were like, it'd be really cool if this wizard was kind of like our Eddie and, uh, you know, like Iron Maiden uh, yeah, Eddie. Yeah. And uh, that we, like, what if we have him and he's sort of, like, guarding this, like, obelisk to like the glory of uh like loud amps and distortion and it has like you know like guitar amp like tubes in it and you know maybe his yeah. staff has like the same thing and stuff and we just sent him that idea and he like came up with you know the absolution cover and we were like <laughs> yes um and then we just knew that it was something we had to continue on hunted yeah and uh then like I started to become more involved in like wanting every aspect of it to be something that relates to the music. So yeah. like that kind of started with hunted a little bit and, um, kind of introduced some new characters too. And yeah. then, <laughs> you know, like with desolation, it was even more. And then like for that one, I drew like a sketch of like what I saw the album cover looking like and gave it to him. And then it, you know, he just makes like the way better version of it. And right. Then, right. For the newest one, for Deceiver, like, it was the same thing. I drew a sketch. I had this concept that I had told to the guys, and they were all like, yeah, that's really cool. And I talked to him about it. And you know, basically what I said was, like, I want um, this figure who is not necessarily directly obvious who it is, mm -hmm. but it still relates to the other album covers. Um, and he should be like the main sort of image, like so you can see more detail on him. Cause he had been wanting to draw something that was like closer up to. Yeah. And then like, he's waiting through the river sticks and he's like in purgatory basically. And he's searching for something and he's confronting himself as a reflection, like a demonic version of himself, uh, in the water. And it's threatening to like pull him under. And then like, um, you know, he sort of ran with that idea and, like did a perfect job of representing <laughs> it and it's like it, it just ties in in so many ways to like what the album was about and the content and just the mental state and then there's all these little tiny throwbacks to the other album covers in the art for people that are looking closely yeah and you know like we discussed each of those and like it just goes so deep now when we're working on a new album <laughs> cover. It feels like kind of crazy. Like I, I 
the look of the main guy on the cover like wasn't quite right. He was looking too heroic, basically. Yeah. And I was like, nah, that's not right. And I we couldn't figure out like a way to like express what it was that we were looking for that would still be cool looking. So I just wrote him like a short story of like who the character is, how it relates to the other album covers. So I wrote him like this like six page like story, um, like where he is in his life, what's <laughs> happened in the past, like where he's going, like how this is like an alternate timeline of something else that you see happening, like all this shit. And then he's like, okay, I get it. And then he like nailed it on the first try after that. So anyway, it goes like way too deep, but it's like one of my favorite parts of making the records, honestly, is like having the excuse to work way too much on getting this artwork right that fits what we're doing. That's Uh, awesome. And I I didn't know it went, I didn't know it was that involved, even though I've seen it all, you know, but like yesterday I was listening to Hunted and, you know, the vinyl and looking through the, the little book that's with it. And uh, just just enjoying the artwork and just ha- what's really cool about this and the, having him do everything is that it, it kind of doesn't have to say chemist on it now. Like I know yeah. what's I know what is your band. Like the yeah the, the <laughs> I saw you guys are doing we're doing like little figurines with the the release of Deceiver and everything and like and yeah. it's just like yeah this whole this whole thing this whole visual thing uh, seems seems like you've. <laughs> It's done a great job. I think it seems like it's a great job of like establishing your, I hate to use the word, but brand. Like yeah. this is, this is chemist. I think my favorite part about all that is that it's like everything is about world building, <laughs> you know, like with the art side of things, but also kind of like with the lyrics, like I always try and throw back like little callbacks to other things in other songs, at least like once per album or something. And the, uh, I, if 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 we can create over a long enough period of time, like sort of this universe that's cohesive in itself, mm-hmm. then I think that that's so much more interesting to go back to, um, and sort of sift through as a fan yeah, than it yeah. is if each thing is just like a totally independent piece. And if there's like some greater narrative that comes from it, then that's awesome. But also if it's just like careful enough to create that constant feeling people will create their own narrative mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't have to be obvious or like hitting you over the head with what it is like from our intention right and that's kind of what we're shooting for is like it's ambiguous enough that i want people to try and figure it out for themselves and i want to hear what their interpretation is of like the story and the artwork for instance because <laughs> it might be cooler than what i have in mind and i'm just like I think that that's really fun when you have some ownership over the art where it like you get to create your own interpretation of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, w- one thing that I think is great about that and the whole concept and really your music, the whole package of chemists. And I think it's lost on a lot of people. It's lost on myself a lot of time is that while it's art, it's also entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I think us people like me, fans of bands forget that sometimes. And yeah. like, you know, we have these demands and needs to be like this and these, and it's just fucking, it's for, it's for fun. First of all, the, yeah, I listen to music cause I enjoy it. I don't always need to be diving deep though. I do, you know, but yeah, you know, the, the, to have all this to go along with the, with more than the music is really cool. And I think it's great and very entertaining. And I think that's the way it should be. That's good. Yeah, if we can hold your attention 
for that full 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, because you can look at the album art and the liner notes and like this one kind of like hunted has like a picture, like a drawing for each song in the vinyl. Um, you know, like I think that that's really cool. That's a good way to spend, you know, most of an hour of your time and and that like that it really is the truth that like i kind of see the band as being like a classic rock band that happens to have like a metal rapper like i was sort of saying earlier and that rock and roll is just supposed to be fun at the end of the day and if it's not then it's kind of like you thought about it too much (laughs) and um you know so like if part of our intention like when we started the band was like uh, we sort of saw like what Kveller talk was doing with like that kind of music and it was just like that's fun it feels like like acdc or something but you know like metal acdc and we were just like that's fun how come there is not a single doom band that's fun and (laughs) that kind of goes with the name yeah and we were just kind of like let's see if that's something that's possible, you know, like yeah. see if something like can have that little bit of joy or just like have it be dark for the sake of it being dark so that it's entertainment entertainment mm-hmm. or, you know, push it in some way where it's far enough away from just like the core of trying to play like black Sabbath worshiping stuff that yeah. it feels new and exciting. And that's like what we've always kind of striving to do with the band well as as i said i think you've been really successful with that and uh for more than just me um i don't know i i i love this record as i expected to i think i like it more than i was expecting to honestly um yes and and that's great um i'm gonna let you go here but i have one more question i have to ask you because i asked asked it to ben yeah, and I've asked it to a lot of people since then, but he was the first one who got it. So, should a werewolf go to a doctor or a veterinarian if he's feeling ill? <laughs> should go to another werewolf. <laughs> hey, that's that's an original one. That's the first time. That I makes don't think sense. Either of those guys knows what to do with him. <laughs> well, they good. all live in like these like weird you know communities, anyways, right? So like. <laughs> Somebody's got to be like have some crossover in one of those two worlds. That's that's, that's, a, that's the way to go. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. All right, <laughs> hey Phil, thanks for taking the time to do this. Thank you for all you've done, all the music you've done. I really, really do love it, and I appreciate what you put out in the world. And uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for all your sincerity and uh, for the the interview. And uh, you know, I hope as well as it can that your your friend's funeral is is good or at least cathartic and celebratory tomorrow you know do our best you know yeah
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Phil. And I'm very thankful for it. And I'm genuinely thankful for their music. I love this band. They are absolutely one of my favorite bands. Heading towards favorite band of all time level at this point. Um, four incredibly solid albums. You can't say that for a lot of bands. 
um, and uh, two great conversations. That goes a long way when determining your favorite bands, right? And uh, Chemist is easily creeping up that list. The song you heard there just now was Living Pyre. There's a video for that track. It's available everywhere. So please go support Chemist however you can. I guess that's it for episode 200. Seems kind of anticlimactic at this point, but you know what? That feels good. Yeah, that feels good. I'm going to end this one with a slow one from another band who also made the decibel top 40 list that Phil and I talked about. That band is Apparition, and the album is called Feel. But the song I'm going to play is called Non-Locality. This record is out now on Profound Lore Records. And I'm sure you can get that everywhere as well. Hey, if you've been listening to Getting It Out Podcast for 200 episodes, I really appreciate that. If you've been listening for one episode, that's very cool too. I used to ask for people to reach out to me. Send me an email. Let me know where they're listening from. Even though I can see the numbers and see the countries where it's happening. Uh, But I always wanted to make those connections, and that's clearly not going to happen. But if you ever feel like it, send me an email. Just tell me you're listening from wherever you are in the world. That stuff's really cool to me. All right. Thanks for listening. Apparition. Non-locality. Off their album, Feel. Out now on Profound Lore Records. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.